This is Corey Gray and Tony Stewart from Hairdistry. Thank you for tuning in to the Hairdressers Podcast. Now here's a word from our sponsors. I'm Elizabeth Fay, and I am a huge Schedulisty fan, enthusiast, um, promoter. So what Schedulisty can really do for your business and what it can do for your life um, is so amazing. So it's a modern tool that's going to help you systemize all the procedures in your business. And they're probably some of them are ones you didn't even know you have or you should have. It's going to systemize them. It's going to make everything streamlined and do it for you while you sleep. And this is the way that you can make more money and have more quality of life. So everything from upping your rebooking rates to taking deposits, helping you enforce your no-show and cancellation policies, all the way to your email marketing, and even the way you get tipped and process payments. It's like having a front desk, an assistant, and a virtual assistant all in one in your pocket for such an affordable price. So if you haven't already gotten... This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify. The global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hello, everyone. My name is Jerry Natuno, CEO and founder of Schedulicity, and we're proud to bring you this amazing podcast. Welcome to your day off. My name is Corey, and of course, I'm sitting with my best bud, Tone. What's, What's up, going on, brother? What's up? Hey, man. Uh, first and foremost, we're actually recording this two days after we released our uh, our Fall in Love with the Hair Industry video. So first and foremost, we just want to thank everybody, everybody, everybody that 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 engaged, that participated, that that watched the video. Um, we've gotten such incredible response to it. Um, it seems like it really, uh, it really touched uh, the industry, and, and I'm just... It's weird when you put out a project and you say, yeah, I'm really proud of that. But you know what? I'm I'm really proud of that. Yeah. Then the way it's been received and, and the way we our, our whole goal and our whole thing behind it was not it wasn't for us. You uh-huh. know what I mean? It's literally for everybody in our industry uh, and it's for our clients and it's to let them know you know, whether it's a hairdresser or, or a client is that we do have such a unique relationship a, a unique position right mm-hmm. we we do become uh integrated with our clients in, in, in a very intimate way and mm-hmm. so it's um yeah it, it was it, even you know it, it was so hard to hold it back you know what i mean we oh you mean to, oh yeah because we recorded like a month and a half before yeah. we actually released it but yeah. i i every time i watched it i got that same feeling you yeah, know what yeah. i mean it just really grips your heart and really you know what i mean it kind of just tells you uh, you know, what our relationships are with our clients. And it's pretty beautiful. It is pretty beautiful. And your, and your bit in there was pretty awesome. But, you know, it was like the final scene of everybody putting their mask on. That gets yeah. me. I've watched that video, you know, 200 times. But it's that moment that gets me every single time, man. Yeah, yeah. So uh, don't be a mask hole. Come on. <laughs> don't be a mask hole. That should go on. Um, so, yeah, so that's a, that's really um, exciting. And, um, you know, we have those all those other videos, too, that were released around it. So, uh, you know, if, if you guys haven't seen it, um, 
please go back to our Instagram, or it's actually on YouTube as well. Um, go to your YouTube and, 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 and check it out. Um, again, it's for you. It's for the hairstylist. Please share it if you'd like. Please own it. You know own what I mean? It. Yeah, put on yeah. your website if you want. Um, we have no IP to it. You know, it was truly, truly uh, developed for you to, to be able to have that conversation. So... Big news today, or big guest, right? Yes. So uh, um, today our guest is uh, Sydney Lopez, and and Sydney's this extraordinary artist. And we met once again, and this has come up, I don't know, a handful of times just this year, actually, which is weird because we're two years out from it. But, you know, um, we met her at uh, Modern Salon's Digital Summit. And Modern Salon, if you're listening, we keep telling you, you've got to do it. Everybody got so much value out of it. Yeah, don't be one and done. Come on. No, come on. Such a, yeah, I mean, everybody that we've talked to uh, had just the connections and they got so much out of it and just the network. It was, yeah. You got to do it again. Come yeah. On. And if you're listening and you didn't go there, your, 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 your post FOMO should be real. Cause it was legitimately the best event that, that we've ever done. Yeah. And, and it was small and intimate, which I think made it so great. We met Cindy in uh, Olivia's class. That's OMG it. Yeah. We were in OMG Artistry's class. Yeah. So uh, uh, we were sitting in the back row uh, and um, you know, Sydney was sitting right in front of us and she made some corny joke and we laughed really hard at it and we knew we'd be friends forever. Right. <laughs> so true. So, uh, so listen, Sydney, um, she's, she, she's done a lot of stuff um, in the industry. Uh, her, her work is absolutely, absolutely insane. Um, and, uh, and she's kind of, she's teaching about it too now. So she's, uh, she's kind of doing some social media stuff for you as well, but you know, we'll kind of, we'll let her tell that story cause I'll just mess it up. But yeah. um, well, we always do. So. We, <laughs> we you, you looked at me, I know. <laughs> So, um, now so, uh, we, we <laughs> fair enough. All right. Shall we do it, man? Yeah, let's go. Bro. Let's do it. Let's do it. Miss Sydney Lopez. Welcome to your day off. Hey, good morning, you guys. I'm so happy to be here. I'm so excited. Uh, <laughs> I, thank, I do thank. feel like I should correct you right off the bat though. Please. So the, the way that we met, um, I don't know if y'all remember this, but I, we had like a little break in OMG Artistry's class and I headed out really quick to go probably grab a Luna bar out of my room very fast. And it was like, I feel like it was in like November, right? Like it was like November 15th or something. It was yeah, about this time two years ago. Right. Yep. And which is clearly after Halloween. And there was also a large um, group. There was all the hairstylists there for the Salon Digital Summit. And then there was a bunch of financial people there um, for some oh, sort yeah. of business summit. So I get on the elevator with a man in a full business suit that was clearly not a hairstylist. And he said to me, oh, okay, keep in mind, I had like peach and pink hair and I was wearing a peach and pink outfit. And he said, oh, are you going somewhere for Halloween? <laughs> and I was like, uh, and I like really didn't know what he was saying. And I looked around and I was like, no. And he's like, oh, well, what are you dressed up for? And I said, well, this, this is... This is just how I look. <laughs> and he was like, you just, I was like, yeah, I just like walk around the world like this. You should go out into the world. There's like 500 more of me like downstairs. <laughs> and so I was like, so taken back by that because I think we live like, so in our industry where it's like, this is just the norm. I don't even realize I have purple hair until I like drop my kid off at school and like nobody else has purple hair. But I think it was so funny. Cause then I came back and I'm like walking into a room full of hairstylists at, at Olivia's class. And I'm like, 
you will not believe what just happened to me on the elevator. <laughs> that is like so I tell funny. that story all the time. Cause I'm like, he thought I was dressed up for Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is a great, that, that was great. That, that was so fun. That's why we were crying so hard. Yeah. We're, I mean, ridiculous. Right? Mm. <laughs> and then you walk into the room and you're like, ah, my people. Right. Yeah. <laughs> my, my tribe is here. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. So think about how he must've felt though afterwards. Like, Oh, <laughs> I know, like he's going to tell his guys, like, you won't believe what I saw downstairs. Right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's hilarious. Uh, so where are you from? Where did you grow up? So I am from actually Lincoln, Nebraska. So I feel like my Midwestern group thinks I sound very Texan because I'm I've been in Texas since 93. Um, my mom is a hairstylist. She's been in the industry for, um, probably like 47 years now, which is insane. Wow. In Nebraska? Um, yeah, in Nebraska. So she owned the very first Headlines Hair Design. And then um, I actually have like a different path to get to hair. I have a degree in secondary education. I grew up swimming and wanted to be a coach and then realized I didn't really like high school kids so much. <laughs> once, once I like got out into the like coaching world. Um, and then I got um, kind of like pulled into retail and then I loved it. I worked for Saks Fifth Avenue for um, seven years full time and 11 total because, you know, when you first start in our industry, you kind of have to have a backup. Um, and then I've I graduated from cosmetology school in 2012. So I took a roundabout way to get there. And then my mom and I actually opened the second headlines hair design. Um, here in Denton, Texas together, which is really cool because the first one opened in 1979. So almost, you know, 40 years later, we're back um, and opened this one in 2016. So yeah, roundabout way to get here. That's pretty cool though. So, I mean, I guess the first question is like, what took you so long to kind of join the industry? And yeah, and, so- and, and did mom kind of like, did she keep poking you every time, uh, you know, you were at a dinner or something? Well, no, like I, I grew up loving hair. Like I loved every, all things hair and beauty. Like I was a brunette until I was three. And then my mom decided that she wanted a redhead. So she made me a redhead at three years old. Yes. My joke is always, my sister was born and she was blonde. So she didn't get a redhead. So she just made me one. (laughs) Um, And so, I mean, I literally, I look at pictures of me when I'm three and I'm like sitting in the salon chair, getting a perm. And I I don't know if y'all I mean, I feel like we're close in the same age. Like perms take a long time for a three-year-old to sit through. So the fact that I was like willing to just like chill at my mom's salon, talk to all the girls. I remember like, this is the eighties. So I remember thinking like how cool so-and-so's hair is, or, Oh, I want this person to do my nails and just like loving that family atmosphere. She had a really big team there. And growing up, I always said I wanted to do hair. That was like what I wanted to do when I graduated, but I got um, a scholarship to swim and play volleyball at a school. And so I'm like, when I graduated from high school, I was like, well, I can always go to cosmetology school. So let me go, you know, to continue my education for four years for free and just play the sport that I love. Right. And then I, you know, you have to get a degree and you can't get cosmetology in college. So <laughs> Um, everyone that is an athlete, like goes into, thinks about going into coaching. And so that's what I did. And I I actually, I mean, I coached for a long time and I loved it and it was great. It just wasn't, my heart wasn't like, like I go to work every single day now. And there's like literally nothing that I don't love about my job. Every single thing that I do, I love where even in retail, I love, like I'm the crazy person who loved listening to the same Christmas CD over and over and over again and selling shoes at Saks Fifth Avenue but there were parts of that job that I didn't love. 
So it just took me a while. My husband and I moved back here to Texas. And when I put him through school at that point, I was like, okay, I'm almost 30. I always said I was going to go to cosmetology school by the time I was 30. And that's the thing that I always say from like, I have so many people that are like, I'm, it's just too late for me. And I'm like, I didn't even go to cosmetology school until I was 30 years old, guys. Like you have so much time. It is not a big deal. And I went at 30 and I graduated pregnant with my firstborn and, you know, basically came into the industry for two months and then had a baby. And so, wow. yeah, it was just a kind of a crazy whirlwind situation, but, um, I'm so glad that I waited until I did just because I had the experience with retail as far as like, you know, knowing how to clientele and knowing how to build a business and knowing how to contact people and having the side of like, um, feeling uncomfortable trying to tell people about products and getting that out of the way before I got to the hair industry. At, at Saks Fifth Avenue, did, did you like, did you have to do like classes and stuff where they kind of taught you like, like, like sales tri- uh, tips and tricks and all that kind of stuff? Yeah. So I worked, um, retail is one of those things where you switch around a lot. I feel like, so I was with Saks for seven years, but before that I worked at several different places and every place has their like sales onboarding on, you know, explaining the features and benefits fits of things to your clients and all of that. But the thing that I loved is it got me at Saks. I started teaching, um, onboarding myself. And I feel like when you teach, you learn, yeah. um, like so much more. And so the fact that I had to be up in front of people teaching, you know, not only the company culture, but also the sales side of things and, um, how to clientele and how to build. Cause Saks is so about client relationships. Like you have a client and you're my client and I contact you and let you know, I have these great pieces that came in for you and you take care of that person and build a relationship. Like once I got into the hair world, it was so easy and so natural for me. Wow. I, I would have never imagined that there would, there would be that crossover. No, not at all. But, it, you know, now that she explained it, I I can see how it totally empowered you as a hairdresser. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, too, like if you most hairstylists, for, for the most part, we have like more outgoing personalities and we love people anyway. So like having that personality in the retail world is, was a very great personality for that position. So then once I went to cosmetology school, it was like, well, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm not like, although yes, shoes and handbags are amazing. I'm like selling, you know, I'm not having to sell products to people. I'm giving them a service, which is so much better. (laughs) Take it. You didn't have purple hair either. Did you? You know, I didn't, I actually, I'm like, I think I'm one of the only girls that went through cosmetology school and never colored their hair, you know, offbeat or crazy color. I stuck with my like natural, um, red that my mom had been doing since I was three all the way to school. Like that was just, I was a redhead in my mind and you like get this, like, I don't know if y'all know any redheads, but you're told like from the time you're little, if you're a redhead, like, Oh, you've got that like spunky personality or you got your little spitfire. So you like, it's like that self fulfilling prophecy where you start to believe it. And then I'm like, well, wait a minute. I'm not actually a redhead. <laughs> like these people think that this is, you know, because of my hair, but that's not actually my color. So yeah, I, I think I, I made it all the way through school without coloring my hair. And I actually made it through two years of, um, of doing hair with just like naturally red hair. And then I had a client who was like, Hey, have you ever done pink on someone's hair? And I'm like, no, that sounds like fun. Let's do that. And so at the time, this was only in like 2014, which is crazy. That was only six years ago, but there wasn't a lot of like education out there for creative colorist. And so I got online and found this hair forum for people who are coloring their hair at home. Right. Like 
that was the only, there was like no hairstylist sharing information on how to do this. And so I'm like in this forum, like asking like, okay, what kind of like pink color do you use? How light do you have to get it? Do you put the bleach on their scalp? Like asking all these questions and troubleshooting with people that aren't even hairstylists because there's no education out there. And so that's where I started. And I, I mean, my very first fashion color took me eight hours and it was, it was literally just pink. I'm <laughs> like, right. like, now it would take me like two, but it was one of my best friends. And I mean, she knew it was the first time I'd ever done it. And from the time that I'm like, you know, painting pink on this like blonde canvas, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is like what every little girl's dreams are made of. Like, if I'm going to color a picture of like a pony and a unicorn, I'm not going to pick out like browns and oranges and yellows. I'm going to be picking out pinks and purples and all the fun sure. colors. And I was like hooked. I'm like, I want to do this on everyone's head. This is so much fun. So I started just like telling my clients like, oh, I love your blonde. Like, okay. So yeah, I mean, I don't know if this is going to be live. So I don't know if this is like appropriate to say, but it's fine. Um, <laughs> I always say that rose gold and lavender are the gateway drugs into creative color. Yes. And so if I have a client who doesn't want, um, fashion color, I've done it a million times and I almost make bets with the girls at work. I'm like, I guarantee you, I'm going to tell her that she needs rose gold in her hair and, and, and maybe three appointments. She's going to come back with rose gold in her hair, even though you said she would never do it. Wow. And as as everybody does it. They love it. And it's like, why not? It's just hair guys. It's dead protein on the top of your head. Let's have some fun. <laughs> Sydney. Okay. I love this. And I love where this is going. Kind of what did you learn at Saks or what have you used? You know what? Forget all that. Tell us when you're selling retail, what does that conversation sound like? And, and by so, the way, when retail also means, it means like rose gold, you know, right. so, so what techniques are you using to kind of like, um, I put in quotes, convince your clients that, that this is what they need, whether it's a bottle of shampoo or whether it's, or whether it's rose gold. Yeah. So for me, I feel like if, you, um, and I, I teach this in my social media class, I feel like it's the same thing. Um, if you're not selling your clients retail, they're going to be getting it from someone else that's on social media. This is the world that we live in. So I've had a million times, we've all done it. We've dropped the ball on our clients because we have not educated them on what we're using on their hair. And they come back in and they're like, oh, I saw so-and-so blogger that I absolutely love. And she told me that this shampoo at Target is the best shampoo ever. So that's what I've been using on my hair and I'm in love with it. Well, we know that's probably not the best shampoo ever, right? Like that's probably not doing the very best for her hair that we could do, but we've already lost that opportunity because we didn't educate them on what they need. So I always put it as I'm not selling something, but I'm educating them on what's going to be best for their hair and what to maintain it. If, if you're a creative colorist, you're also a blonde specialist just by nature. Like you have to be able to get people super, super blonde. And so my life is like, telling people, you know, don't add heat, use a heat protector, uh, use a purple shampoo, do all the things. If I'm not telling them what purple shampoo to get, what heat protector to get, who knows they may be, or what oil to get. They might be getting like a yellow based oil, putting on their white hair and wonder why they come back with it yellow every time. So I feel like I also want to make my job easier by saying like, okay, these are all the things you need. And this is just something I learned at Saks. Like as I use them, like let's take the oil I put and put it right in front of them. Let's take this. These are all the things I used on your, you know, hair today. 
if we can't afford everything, these are the two, two products that I would buy today. And then the next time you come back, get the others. And so I am not like a hard sell as far as like, you have to buy this, Mm -hmm. but I am someone who is never going to disservice my clients to the point where I'm not going to tell them what they need, because I feel like we're, that's like, you're missing half of your job. You know, I say the same thing. I, I try to relate that to pictures. A lot of the times with people, because I feel like in our industry, one of the biggest things people struggle with when they are not like, you know, doing really well on Instagram. And I did air quotes for those of you guys who can't see, (laughs) Um, like if you're not an Instagram person, I feel like doing pictures at the end of a service is also a service to my clients because it's giving them that final, like point of sale, as far as like, this is how beautiful your hair is. Let me make it exactly perfect. Like the picture you brought into me and take a picture of it so we can compare instead of you going home and having to look at your own hair in your bathroom light, it's never going to look the same. And so I always, even if it's like a natural hair client, 99% of the time, I'm going to take their picture afterwards and I'm going to text it to them and say, oh my gosh, I had so much fun seeing you today. Here's the pictures of your hair. It was so beautiful. Can't wait to see you again. Good luck with whatever they have going on. Because that's like our like current day thank you note. Like we used to all write thank you notes, right? Like, thank you so much for coming in. That's what we did at Saks. Like we would send an actual handwritten thank you note. Well, now I just send a picture as a reminder of how amazing their hair is. And then also like when you're doing creative color, there is literally no way I can ever recreate what I did. Like it would be impossible. And so I have to take pictures because it's like this work of art that I can never do again. That's leaving out the door and I'll never see it again. And they may never see it the same way. Cause as soon as you shampoo it, it's going to fade and change over time, mm-hmm. which is a great thing about it. But I want them to have that fun portfolio of my work that they've paid for on their head, you know, something special that someone else can't do. And so that's the same thing with retail. Retail and pictures are like the two things that I think a lot of hairstylists shy away from because it's a little intimidating. And I always tell people it's only intimidating like the first two to three times it's uncomfortable. And then once you throw it out there, it's not uncomfortable anymore. You get used to it and it's not a big deal. All right. You got to help me with something. So, um, like when people, uh, it, it, it's a weird conversation. So people come That's in, okay. and they'll, 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 you know, and, and you probably get this a lot because I'm sure you get a lot of clients through Instagram and stuff. So they bring you pictures of, of vivid colors and stuff. What's that conversation with the client where you're, war- I guess, warning them that like, hey, this is awesome, but this is only going to last for a week. And oh, by the way, it's a thousand bucks to do it. So, yeah, so, so like, I mean, it's such a weird conversation, <laughs> no, that's, right? That's yeah. Really good. Yeah. So, so my goal with my fashion color clients, I always start off is for them to only have to come in four times a year. That's it. I want them to have to pay for this create creative color, you know, every three months. And the reason is, and if you'll see my Instagram page, I have very few pastels unless it happens to be somebody that's like a natural balayage that just wants like a rose gold for the fun of it. <laughs> the rose gold. Like, <laughs> Yes. The rose gold, which is the that's gateway just a, drug. That's just a gateway no. client. <laughs> yes. Just a gateway client. I mean, they're giving me a little bit of like the heart flutters, but not the whole, you know, fireworks. <laughs> um, no. So with my creative color, I always recommend like going as bold as you can at the beginning. Um, so that way you can get a really good fade. And I give them all the rules ahead of time. These are the things it doesn't last long. It lasts 12 to 15 washes. If you're washing it, you know, And I mean, after 12 to 15 washes, it'll be like mine is, it'll be kind of pastel and washed out and it'll be that gateway drug pastel color that everybody wants anyway. Um, The other thing is I 
educate my clients on color depositing shampoos to get them through like from, you know, point, like, let's say 10 weeks in their hair's faded, but they don't have an appointment for six more weeks after that. They can use a hot pink or a purple or whatever kind of color depositing shampoo. I'm cool with that. Like I want to, I don't have time to do their hair anyway. Like I cannot get them in any sooner. So I need them to be able to be, um, like on their own and be able to get their hair to a pretty color. So usually what I do is I say, okay, what's your favorite color that we're going to put in your hair? And I put those pops of color on their face. And then I send them home with like, if a lot of people like pink and purple, cause those are easy. Um, if they love purple, then I send them home with the purple color depositing shampoo. And I say, when your hair starts to fade and you're not loving the color, use this on it for three weeks. And then just make sure you stop three weeks before you come into me. Cause I don't want to have to bleach it out. And so I do feel like it's that. And, th- and then the other thing is I don't like one of the things I think is important to say, cause I think a lot of people in creative color have model calls. Like I don't do that. I don't, I, every single person that you guys see on my page is an actual client of mine. Mm-hmm. Like I've never said someone, please come in and let me do something crazy to your hair. Like these are, I live in Denton, Texas. They call it like a mini Austin. It's a ton of creatives. It's a ton of people who own their own business. Um, it's a lot of, I mean, like probably 30% of the age, like, you know, 15 to 35 has fashion colored hair here. That's just like kind of the norm, which is why I was so taken back at the modern salon digital summit. (laughs) <laughs> so I am like, oh, there's like people in the world that haven't seen this before. I live in Halloween That's town. That's LA. Like, yeah, right? <laughs> it's just so crazy. Yeah. So yeah. So I do think that with that, like you're, I'm like educating my clients beforehand and giving them their expectations is what they can expect, but also sending them home with something that can maintain something that they'll love until they can see me again. So that's, and, and I, you know, every, I, I do think that it's pricing is like something you're not supposed to talk about. Right. But I mean, we're there now, so we might as well talk about it. I don't, um, probably charge enough, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, and here's why. So when we're starting off in the industry, we do stuff for free often, right? Like we do so many things for free and I think that's fine. I have done, um, you know, like you, I think we had mentioned Mariah from pink pewter. She had a huge show here not too long ago and I saw she was coming and she's a good friend of mine. And so I'm like, Hey girl, like you and Ryan Whedon are going to be on stage. What do you need help with? Do you need models? Do you want me to work backstage? Do you want me to hand you bobby pins? Like I'm there. What do you need? And so obviously I didn't ask for money for that. I'm not like a headliner for that, but she put me up on stage and I styled some hair and we had a blast and it was so fun. And I think in this industry, the more that we can like help each other and lift each other up, same with our clients, like the better we are in the long run. So like for me, my clients that are coming in to get creative color, it may only really take me four to five hours, but because they're giving me the time they're, they're allowing me to make content with their heads. So like they're coming in, I'm doing a, I like literally have the best clients. I know everybody says that, but mine are really the best. (laughs) I'm like, (laughs) they're like coming in, I'm taking a before. I'm not only like taking a before, but I'm asking that some of them like, Hey, can you make sure you wear this, this, and this, like how high maintenance am I to be asking my clients what to wear to their appointment? Right. Um, I make sure that I have food and snacks for them, um, you know, pre COVID. So that way we could stop and eat in the middle of it. Um, afterwards they're spending an extra 15 to 20 minutes with me taking pictures. And then sometimes, especially right now, if we finish after four 30, it's dark. So I'll send them a message and be like, 
okay, you know, I love you. We finished your hair on Tuesday. Don't wash it. Is there any chance you can come in Thursday before work so I can take pictures? And they're like, sure, I'll come on in. It doesn't matter. So I do feel like there's part of that when you can't, I can't charge a thousand bucks and expect them to still be one of my biggest supporters and my biggest, you know, fans in this industry. They're the like OG, you know, (laughs) clients of mine that have been with me since the beginning. And so I would never charge them a thousand dollars. Now, granted, I'm, I'm still set my prices at a reasonable price, but I'm not charging an arm and a leg more for creative color than I am like balayage because if it takes the same amount of time, I prefer doing fashion color. It's more fun to me. So I don't want to charge more for it and work myself out of that spot either, if that right. makes sense. You know, um, uh, I think it was I think it was Trevor Sorby who back in the early 90s, he he never charged more than like 30 or 35 dollars for a you know, whatever the equivalent is in England um, for a haircut, because he didn't want to be, he didn't want to lose that creative. And he knew that once he got really expensive, that, that there was net, people couldn't keep up with him, right? Like the kind of haircuts he wanted to do. Yeah. He wanted to keep the youth and the young in his chair, you know? So if he he didn't want to outprice them, so that way he can always stay, like you said, creative. And he told us that story in Graham Webb. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. (laughs) That was pretty cool. It was just cool. Yeah. So do you have a spot in your salon for like photo shoots and stuff? Did you create an area? Yeah. So, um, I am blessed to work with like, of course my mom works across from me and she actually does do some creative color, but she's like the queen of pixie cuts and just color in general. That's probably where I've learned most of my color theory from. Um, and then the other two girls that work with me, Morgan and Elena, they do creative color all day long as well. So we are like pumping out unicorns and rainbows all day long. (laughs) I said, we need, we're, we're in the process of making t-shirts, um, that say like headlines, hair design on the front and then making Denton more colorful just because everything, like every person that goes out of our salon is really colorful. So what we've done is we have, um, like a hallway that's perfect light. And then of course we have, I, I paid someone really good money to come in and do kind of like a signature wall for us. Um, on where all of our stations are, it's like this brick, um, wall that looks like it's like old actually my son keeps asking when we're gonna fix it like my (laughs) he's like when are y'all gonna fix that wall and I'm like buddy we paid good money for that wall like that's our wall and actually it's kind of funny do y'all know who Brad Mondo is yeah 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 yeah. okay so he's like the hairstylist that reacts to other um like to people doing their hair at home or people like hairstylists doing their hair well he picked up one of my videos from a a page that had stolen it. He didn't know that, but, um, the only reason I knew it was my video is because of that wall. One of my clients recognized it and she's like, Oh my gosh, she's like, you're on Brad Mondo. You're at, and she's like, don't judge me because I've been watching this for a while, but you're at minute 21 of whatever, whatever. (laughs) And so I clicked on it and I'm like, Oh my gosh, that is like legit. That is my, my client Shauna. Who's like all over my page. And, um, it was so funny because he's like, I, like I could like quote him. I said, I want to put his quotes on my like bio. It says like her color application is insane. And it says like all these things. And so I was able to reach out to him and be like, Brad, like you're in my salon. That's like my work. And so finally I heard back from them like a week and a half ago, um, just saying like, oh my gosh, we love your work. This is so great. And so it ended up being like this unofficial, almost like trademark, like it, it was like a watermark without me even realizing it because like it's our wall. Right. 
So right. yeah, now I'm like, we're for sure going to take pictures in front of that because that was on Brad Mondo's show. <laughs> like that's kind of cool. <laughs> you need to get and Brad then, down there so you can take a picture of him in front of the wall. I know. I would love to do his hair. It's so white. I could paint all sorts of cool stuff on it. <laughs> and then, and then my favorite place to take pictures. This is so funny. So we're in a building that has a parking garage below it. And it's like this building that was built 60 years ago or something crazy, maybe even longer. And it's this like dark and dingy and scary parking garage that like you like walk down in the middle of the night and you're like hoping that there's nobody else down there. But in the day, because it is all those white old like um, ceiling tiles, it's acts as like almost like a filler, like um, a reflector. That's cool. And so, yeah, we can never leave this space because this is like my, like my best light is down there. And so that's where, like, if someone's running back after work or before work, I just have them, Hey, can you meet me in the scary parking garage so we can take your pictures? And actually, if you guys look at my page, if you look at the, um, IGTV, um, on at Sydney and Lopez hair, you can see, I'm doing like a shoot in my parking garage and you can see where I, where the good light is. Oh, that's cool. Like a behind yeah. the scenes kind of thing. Yeah. I did like a, that's like the new thing, I guess on Instagram, people want to see, they don't just want to see the final, they want to see you making it. And so I had one of my, the girls at the salon, Morgan, just come down and I'm like, Hey, can you just like film me taking pictures? And I guess I'll just upload it and see how it does. And I've gotten so much good feedback from it. So I'll probably do more of those. Oh, that's pretty cool. That is really cool. We're going to jump out and jump back in real quick. Is, you, is your sister a hairdresser? No, no, she's not, but she is. So she's a creative too. She makes these like amazing cookies. So she does like all of these like ridiculous, happy, rainbowed, fun cookies all day long. So, so but I know we keep telling her she needs to join the family business. Now I do have a baby, Maxwell. I, I've got big hopes for her. She's only seven months old, but I'm thinking she's might be a, <laughs> I'm a, a family like you to be a hairdresser when she decided to color your hair red not your sister yep. right <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> well, she baked with her sister right yeah <laughs> exactly. well actually that's true that's so true so i hate baking and i hate cooking and it's so funny like in high school my mom loves to bake and so she'd always bake cookies for all my friends and I'm like, uh, why do you just keep making cookies for my friend? She's like, people like the, the mom who makes cookies, Sid. And I'm like, okay, you're right. So I, I like got to the point where I was like, I'm not going to help you bake it all. So I'm not going to eat them. So I don't have to help you bake them. Just, I'm not responsible for the cookie situation. So my sister did. That's exactly right. She was the one who was like, I love baking cookies. I'll help you, mom. <laughs> so I thought your mom was still in Nebraska, but she's in Denton with you. Yeah. So she's in Denton with me. She literally works across from me. If you see any of my videos that are time-lapsed, you see my mom in the background of every single one going really, really fast around people. I learned very quickly that she does a lot of men's hair. And so she's like, in one of the videos, it was so funny. One of the guys was like, um, can you take your video down, Sid? I'm like, why? What, what's on it? And he's one of her guys that's been with her forever. Like, 30 years or something. Well, apparently she's like waxing the hair out of the insides of his ears. Oh no. <laughs> like in the background of my video. And I didn't even like realize it. So yeah, you'll see her a lot. We've edited some stuff out. I figured some like creative ways to like not have her clients in it if they don't want to be, but yeah, she's in it all the time. So, so you said a client of, so I'm, I'm kind of confused. You said a client of, of hers for 30 years. So that must, he must've been a client in Nebraska as well, or Yes. Well, we moved here in 93. So how far are we? We're almost 30 years. years, I'm like, sadly, that seems like it was not that long ago, but it was 27 years, right? (laughs) Yeah. So like 27 years. Yeah. It's my 20th um, high school reunion this year, which I'm like freaking out about because I remember when I was in high school thinking 
that the people that had their 20th reunion were so old. And then I realized they were only like 38. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. I'm like, they were not old at all, but yeah, it's our, it's our 20th, even though there's really nothing happening because of COVID, um, which is so sad, but yeah, I'm like looking back and, and it's so funny because I do, I have quite a few young clients and they're like, oh my gosh, you graduated from high school 20 years ago. I'm like, I'm not that old. Leave me alone. <laughs> well, Tony, Tony and I are pushing 35 years. So uh, that definitely makes it. Oh my gosh. Y'all are so old. I know. <laughs> I'll feel so old when I'm 35 years. <laughs> no. So wait, you would have been class of 85, right? 87. 87. Yeah. Oh my gosh. What a fun time to be a senior though that's like such like the best time <laughs> i'll tell you what it'd be it would suck to be a senior now oh you know uh, it'd you be kidding. awful uh, yeah i was actually so i mean i don't want to get sidebar here too long but we'll just hit it like think about like you were a senior in high school last year and now you're a freshman in college i mean like like everything is like all they have those clients yeah, yeah. It's, it's horrible yeah, it's pretty it's, bad yeah. for them. Oh, yeah. But it's just their it's just their reality, right? Like they're not living in someone else's reality, they're living in their own reality, right? Yeah. Or, or whatever. That's, so 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 okay, you you've been a hairdresser uh for roughly about eight years, right? Nine years. You went to hair school and obviously you had the advantage because you're a little bit more mature, you had this, you know game that this kind of experience from sex etc cetera, etc cetera. and you had your mom who's been uh hairdresser her whole life uh you you open up a salon i mean your salon is booming your social media is booming all within this like eight young years of being <laughs> a hairdresser you are killing it i mean how how did how, how are you able to take all this by storm So I thank you. First of all, that's nice of you to say, I do feel like I was very blessed when I started off in the business. I started at the salon called finishing touch that had, I would say like 22 stylists at it. And my mom was, um, I mean, she had been there for years. Um, and they were all pretty much fully booked and not taking new clients at the time. So I literally went from school to going straight into suite rental, which I'm not sure if that's like as popular where you guys are, but like I would say 90% of the salons in Texas are suite rental only. So you basically, it is what it is. Um, and then my salon owner was sweet enough to work with me to allow me to not have to like, to, to basically build in to my clientele. I ended up having to pay the full rent, but not at the beginning, if that makes sense. So she allowed me, but this is the thing, like so many people have helped me get where I am that I want to do the same thing. Like there's no way I could have started off paying, you know, $250 a week right out of school for a suite that when I had no clientele, I was actually looking back. I have been lucky enough to have two of my clients go to my old um, cosmetology school in the last couple of years. And they just got out and I was encouraging them just to go out on their own if they could and go into suite rental. And they were asking like how busy I was at the beginning. And I was looking back. And, um, so I was, I was the crazy person who I was very, very busy in school. I was, I was a lot older than everybody. And I think cosmetology school is the first time I ever really experienced like girl drama. Like it was, I never really, I always got along with everybody because I was on like a teams of stuff. And I feel like teams typically stick up for each other. Um, but I was there. I feel like the girl on the bachelorette that's like, I'm here just to, to fall in love, not to make friends. I felt like the one that was like, I'm here to learn how to do hair, not to have like, not to go out and party. And so I did, I spent my entire year of cosmetology school really 
building into my clients and getting to know my clients. And I had 70 of them follow me from cosmetology school wow. into my chair. Wow. Um, and that's because I didn't charge them full price. I charged them cosmetology school prices because in my mind, I would rather be doing a $16 haircut than sitting around waiting for somebody to come in and spend 45 bucks. Like I didn't have time for that. And I wanted, yeah. So the school, one of the things that they promised when I enrolled, which is why I enrolled is that they would give you your client list when you left, if you wanted it, because they had never had anybody take their clients. Like it was no risk to, to them because no one was going to be a crazy person and literally handwrite every single client. And I, because of SACS, like setting up client appointments was not a big deal to me. So when people in cosmetology school were like my last appointment with them, I already had my paper books out. I was ready for them to book at my new salon and at their last appointment, they knew when it was. And I sent them a thank you and, you know, did all the things and got them into my chair right away. And those are the people I had one of my girls who I still do today. She's got a baby and she was in high school when, when I graduated, which is crazy. She sent me, I think like 27 people that first year. And so, yeah, I mean, it's just like my, my people, that's why I say like they have built my clientele. And then as far as Instagram goes, you know, I didn't, I started my Instagram after I was really working too much. I was working 60 plus hours a week. I was working seven days a week. I was trying to get everybody in. And I think one of the things my cosmetology school taught us, which is kind of the way that they teach is that you never say no to taking new clients. You just always keep taking them. And then you raise your prices and you work your clientele up that way. Um, I have not done that. I, that, that is not my MO, I guess. Um, I didn't want to do that. And so I finally got to a point where I'm like, I have to say no, like I can't possibly work anymore. And I don't want to, I'm like very competitive in our industry in the area. And I don't want to let go of all of these clients that I love so much. When you say very competitive, you mean pricing? You're competitive. Yeah. Just competitive. As far as like pricing goes, I've tried to like price myself around the same. Now, obviously like haircuts in New York versus Denton, Texas are very different but also the cost of living is different. So I would rather be, you know, I don't, I I don't ever want anyone to come to me because I'm cheap. Like that would not be a reason for someone to come to me, but I would like someone to be able to afford me that would love what I do. (laughs) You know what I mean? And so as far as social media goes, I had a client who said that she was tired of bringing me pictures on Pinterest and wanted to know if I could just take pictures of my own clients so she could bring me my own work So that way I knew the formulas and stuff. And I'm like, oh, what is this Instagram thing? I don't have time for this. (laughs) Which is funny because it wasn't like 2014 seems like Instagram was probably a big deal. And I just didn't know it, right? Like it was probably a big deal at that point. And I had no idea. And so I didn't really start like taking pictures or listening to her until like 2016, 2017. And then that's when I started falling in love with it. I, I love photography. I love the end of it. I saw how excited my clients were to be able to say like, oh, I saw what you did on so-and-so's hair. And this is the cool thing. This is like such a cool thing about social media. All of my clients now know each other. I don't know if you guys have experienced that, but it's so cool because like all of my blonde clients will be like, oh, I saw what you did on Abby's hair. I saw what you did on Savannah's hair. I saw what you did on Tara's hair. And they're talking so much so that they went to, um, Jonathan Van Ness came to Dallas before everything shut down 
And three of my clients recognize each other from the back of their heads. Oh. <laughs> yes. And they all got together and took pictures and sent it to me. And they're like, we were all in one place. Can you believe it? All your blondes. That's and it's hilarious. just, it's like what people don't realize that don't have social media is I have my own community now. Like my clients are my family. They're the, each other's community. They comment on each other's stuff. They support each other's business. And some of them have never even met each other. Like, like it's going to make me teary-eyed. <laughs> Sorry, I told you I was going to cry and this was not when I expected to do it. Um, it's, it makes me teary-eyed because with COVID and everything that's going on and the small businesses struggling as much as they are, my clients have done such an amazing job at supporting each other's businesses. They've said like, oh, you know, I know that that person is in this industry. I want to make sure I support them through this when they've never even met each other. Like, it's insane to me what a community you can have through social media just from me posting their hair. Like, I'm not, you know, I'm talking about them and I'm posting their hair and I'm telling each other about them, but it has built such a close knit family of people who support each other that I did not expect out of social media. Sorry to cry on you guys. <laughs> oh, that was man, that's awesome, man. You kidding me? So yeah, I told y'all I'm going to, I knew I was going to cry, but it is just, it's such a blessing to be part of it and to watch my clients like really try to keep each other's businesses afloat during this time. That's beautiful, man. That's awesome. And, and if we all took that kind of heart you know what I mean? And, and that kind of just effort and, and just be mindful of, of those around you. We can, I mean, we can all make a difference. Yeah. That's beautiful. Exactly. So yeah, I've just been very thankful and grateful for their, the hearts of the people that I get to do their hair beautifully every day. <laughs> That's so, so incredible. And, and that's, you know, it, it, to go back to what we talked about earlier about the video, right? I mean, it just, it really, uh, it, it really, that literally shows the client stylist relationship and how beautiful that is and how supportive it just, yeah. I mean, you're, you're, you're making a difference in people's lives and, you know, whether it's blondes or, you know, vivids or, or whatever, you know what I mean? You're, you're truly making a difference in, in their life and, and, and by them recognizing each other by the back of their head at some other conference, that is cool. That is so that is so cool. I, I thought about like she said that she had her signature wall. Well, you know, apparently the back of everyone's head is a signature too, because they all recognized it from across the room. Right? Isn't know? that the truth? Well, it's funny because some of them will get each other's heads confused and they'll be like, wait, was that? Was that me? Do I have that shirt? And I'm like, no, that's not you, crazy. Like, you don't even have that tattoo on your arm. What's wrong with you? Do they ever, but, are they ever like, hey, I like Abby's new color. Can you think I, yep. that would work? Can I do something? All the time. It? Rose gold. Yeah, then, <laughs> yeah, rose gold always. The gateway drug. <laughs> I love the blonde with the rose gold, gold fringe. Can I? Can I <laughs> hey, Sydney, so you... um. So before we got on, you, uh, you, you, uh, going back to the video, um, you know, you were talking about your relationship with, uh, with, with the great Ruby divine. Yes. Uh, can you kind of tell, like, can you kind of tell the people that are listening in kind of, you know, how you met her and that stuff? Yeah. So I was telling you guys, I saw on your video that Ruby was on there and I was so happy to see her face because she's just such a, if, if you guys don't know Ruby, you're missing out because she's like the happiest 
Literally, that girl always has a smile on her face and she's like loud and fun in a way that makes you feel very included, even if you're like not cool enough to be part of the cool kids, if that makes sense. Like, like before you're anybody, she doesn't care. She just wants to be so inclusive. And I think that's what I love about her. But I was so excited to see her on your video because she actually came. I was telling you guys this earlier that I met her maybe four years ago when she came to teach a class, a color class. And we just kind of connected. We hit it off. And, and I actually remember her in the class saying to me, like, why are you taking this class? You know what you're doing. (laughs) And I started laughing and I'm like, yeah, but like, I love learning from everybody. Like, I don't care who it is. Like, I hope that I always get to go to a million classes. Like I can't wait for hair shows to start again. So I can go sit and like do hands-on classes And she and I, she and I hit it off and I actually invited her, uh, the class was in Dallas and I invited her to come visit my salon, her and the wonders of Alexis, her assistant at the time to come and they came and they came and saw Denton. And so I feel like, um, if you guys, a lot of actually people in the industry know Denton because this is where Cosmoprof and Sally Beauty Supply are like located, but they only see the like, really like, you know, suburban area of Denton. (laughs) We have like a really cool, like downtown square with like a 1950s soda shop and like a really old vintage candy store and a ton of like record shops. And so I wanted like Ruby to see like, Oh, like if you have to come back to Denton, like there's cool things here, like we're, we're a great place to be. And so, yeah, we went to breakfast and we hit it off and you know, I've never felt, I've met a lot of like really amazing hairstylists that I respect their work so much, but even now, like if I was to see them at a hair show, I would feel a little bit like, oh, they're, I mean, like I'm excited to see them, but they're probably not super pumped to see me. If I see Ruby, I can like yell at her across the the room and she'll be like, Sid, what are you doing here? I'm so happy to see you. (laughs) I feel like that's like a lesson learned from Ruby. Like we all should just, I mean, like no matter how big you are, speaking of her, a million followers on TikTok, um, like a superstar over there. I guarantee you if she has 12 million followers or 15 million, she will be the same Ruby. She will be down to earth. She will remember my name. She will give me one of those like awesome Ruby hugs and just like, you know, she is just so fun. I can't say enough good things about her. <laughs> same. It's funny that she said that you, you yell across the room, but we were in, um, she's local to us. So, oh, cool. um, so we, um, so we were in Philadelphia and it was like, it was, we had, we've been working all day and like, I know it doesn't, I know it doesn't seem like doing five podcasts in a day will, will wear you out, but you know, we were exhausted, you know? So we're walking across the, uh, after the show, we're walking out and and Ruby's walking out with her team, including Alexis and stuff. And she yelled at us from across the thing. So she said, what, am I not cool enough to be on your podcast? And it was just, it was just the, it was the coolest thing. And, and, and trust me, Ruby is, she was too cool to be on the podcast. We wanted to spare her, but, but she actually, she came on um, just a couple months later, but yeah, she, she's just such a, she's just such a delight uh, in the industry and for the industry. And, and you're right. As far as inclusive goes, absolutely. You know I mean? She's, she wants, she wants, she, not that she wants, but she makes everybody feel included and important. And, and, and yeah, Ruby's a dime, man, you know, mm-hmm. love her. Yeah. Love her. So yeah, I mean, you know, shout out to Ruby. Actually, to go back to the day of the video shoot, what was so nice about it was we got to hang out with hairdressers again. Oh my right? gosh, I can't imagine. Video, you know, and that, I'm that like, really- I would, I think I'd cry for sure if I could. Like, I mean, luckily my salon's pretty small. There's only four of us, so we've just like, you know, we're in each other's bubble, and that's fine. 
but we were all talking and I'm like, I literally, I love teaching classes on zoom. It is great. But like, I have made it a new rule that if you take my class, I have to see your face. You can't have a black box up. You cannot have a picture up. Like that is my new thing. I will kick you out of the room so quickly because I have to see people. I can't teach to a black screen all day long. I just can't do it. That sounds with the podcast. You know what I mean? Like we can't do a podcast with just the audio. We have to see you. We have yeah. to have a conversation. You know? That's because we're hairstylists. We need people. We need like real humans in our life in front of us. That's the thing that, that was, that was the other thing. Um, back to the video that you guys just posted with everyone putting their masks on. I know a lot of places are like shutting down and I'm like, if this is all that it takes guys, like, let's just like, I loved it. Cause it felt like um, like a united front, almost like hairstylists, like together trying to keep our industry open. And also one of the things that I've loved, and, and maybe you guys have heard this too. So many of my clients have stopped doing other things. They're not getting their, you know, certain appointments done. They're not doing this. They're not doing that. But I like the biggest compliment to me is when a client sends to me, I'm going to go ahead and keep my appointment. Cause I feel very safe in your salon. And so that's just like, if, if we can do that for our clients, regardless of where your views are on what works and what doesn't, I always want my clients to feel safe in my salon. I want them to feel welcome and comfortable and to not be stressed the whole time. And like to put our clients like that, that, that was the end of your video was like, okay, yes, that's exactly how I'm feeling. Like I want more people to text me. My client actually that's coming on Wednesday, she's got a lot of things going on in her life and she is a higher risk person. And I said, Hey girl, like if you want to push your appointment, I totally get it. Just so you know, I happen to be the only one working when you're coming in on Wednesday. I've checked with the other people's schedules. And she said, no, I'm keeping my appointment. Like I feel totally safe in your salon. And so that was a huge compliment because they know behind the scenes that we're doing everything that we should be doing. Yeah. Yeah. I love what you said about, you know, keeping, you know, no matter what your view is about the mask and, um, mm -hmm. but we have to respect the mask because we have to keep the industry open. You know, by not whether you believe it or not, whether you believe it's it, it, it's a waste or not, it, it's not gonna it, it's not gonna keep our industry open. You know, what's gonna keep our industry open is that 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 we right. look safe and even even if it's by appearance, you know, even if that's mm -hmm. the approach you want to take. I don't believe that personally, but even even if even if it's just for appearance, we have to do that to keep the industry open. You yeah, know? I wonder what the numbers are. I wish I, I wish I had Gordon Miller on the line or, or PBA. <laughs> like like, have there been any cases or or, or, or have there been? Any I haven't seen any. I haven't seen any anything. news except for you know the two girls that worked with it that had the masks on. You saw that, right? Yeah, I saw that, but they they saw yeah, 140 but, clients and zero infections. Yeah, so, yeah, you know, that, that's that, the only that, thing I've seen uh, uh, on the positive side of things. Where where being in Texas, I think we're one of the top like three states. Mm -hmm. um, right now. So it is like alive and well here and we are all trying to do our best to just keep everybody safe. And, and that's the other thing that's been a bit of a struggle is just like, um, explaining to clients that they have to wear it too. And whether it be for them or for me, it's also for the other clients that are coming in later in the day. You know, you don't know who I, whose person I'm doing next that may be, um, like highly compromised. So we just yeah. do it for each other guys. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't. I mean, we thank God we don't have that issue. Um, we're we're in the state of Maryland. Um, the state of Maryland has pretty uh, strict rules. Um, and then even the county where our our salon is is even stricter than the state. Um, mm. Now, I will tell you, literally, our our salon is next door to to uh, the National Institution of Health. So you know, Gosh. like it, it's like it's all doctors, and I mean, our clientele. There's a lot of like uh, there's a lot of scientists, and there's a lot of whatever. So um, so there's on Friday there was 177,000 new cases in the states the united states so yeah that's on in a day in a, one day okay, right exactly yeah. so but um but yeah we we haven't had, we've had zero resistance at least i haven't i've had zero resistance about 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 mask um wow. at all so that's awesome yeah our area not here. doesn't no, <laughs> like yeah, not well, here. you know it's texas right <laughs> i know i'm like it's texas yeah. i mean honestly our clients have been amazing there's just been a few here and there that like you, we've had to say like, you know, I'm so sorry. Like we have, we, you have to wear a mask, whether you believe it or not, because the rest, the other 12 people I'm seeing today definitely believe that it's going to keep them safe. And it's only fair. At the end of the day, if again, I, I, you know, I keep going back to this, but if we put others before ourselves, the mask is to protect them, not to protect yourself. Right. So, you know, just, have that in mind that, you know, you're not doing it to protect yourself. You're doing it to, to, to protect others. And with that mind frame, you know what I mean? It, it shouldn't be an issue, but, yeah. you know, right. but even on that, the CDC just released last week that, um, that it protects you too. Right? Yeah. So it's a double mask, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a, it's a double, it's a, it's a double safety thing. So anyways, I didn't want to go down that route. I don't know how we got down that <laughs> rabbit hole. Cause, uh, you know, I, I much, I much prefer Halloween town, Sydney, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. So Sydney, so you're doing, you're teaching, um, uh, social media classes and stuff. Are you doing that all via zoom or, or what's that look like and how do people find that? Yeah. So, well, before everything shut down, I was, um, traveling quite a bit doing social media classes with, um, what, what I had done before is I was doing hair classes. Like I was teaching upstyling and social media or creative color and social media. And what I was hearing was the social media portion was too short and they wanted more. And so I'm like, well, I mean, I love teaching creative color, but if I have, if I, all I have to do is take a PowerPoint with me, I don't have to take color. I don't have to find a mannequin. I don't have to find this and I don't have to find that. And I'm literally just talking about social media. Like that sounds fun and easy. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was also like, you know, seven months pregnant, eight months pregnant, nine months pregnant when I was teaching. And so that was just an easy um, transition for me. And so, I mean, I went from in uh, 2019, I had 20,000 followers in September of 2019. No, I'm sorry, of 2018. And in September of 2019 is when I had 100,000. So I gained 80,000 followers in a year. And I didn't do it by chance. I didn't do it by accident. I didn't do it just out of luck. I am a good hairstylist, but there are a million other good hairstylists around the world who do just as beautiful work as I do but I put in the work to it and I can tell other people how to do that. And so I'm, I'm having the like, you know, educational background. I love math. I love analytics. I love that side of things. So for me, social media is like really cool to kind of like delve into. I'm always reading articles. I'm sending them to my little social media group just to say like, Hey, did you read whatever? So-and-so like, like when they release reels, like jump on board, like start posting right away. And, um, you know, some of the people that I've taught classes to that I've stayed connected with, I will reach out to and say, I actually have one person who before Reels launched, she had 21,000 followers. 
I told her your content is so good and it will go so viral. You need to post reels day one. She didn't do it day two. Hey, where's your reel? Why didn't you post a reel? Oh, I'm so busy day three. Hello. Are you posting a reel? Why are you not doing this? So on, I think day five or six, after they released reels, she put her first one out there and it had 1.1 million hits. She's gained. Yeah. She's gained about 900 followers a day. Since she started posting reels, she's at 79,000 now. I said, remember me when you hit like, you know, 500,000 followers. Remember the little person that told you, post your content out there. So I do think, and I love it. And I love to see the success. And I think it's social media is such, when you're not already doing well and you're starting at the beginning, it's such an overwhelming beast of like, how would I even get into that? How do I even break that bubble at this point? that I love teaching it as it has nothing to do with the numbers. It's more about your portfolio, more about your content, more about like whatever it is you're trying to build. And what's really cool about my class is like, so I just taught a class last week to a salon up in New Jersey. And um, I have like an hour meeting before I teach a class to a salon and say like, Hey, what are your needs? What are you guys wanting to learn? Why did you book me? What do you want? What do you want to learn from me? Instead of teaching the same thing to everybody, this salon literally said, we don't care what our following is. We've lost 30% of our business because of COVID. When we opened our doors back up, 30% of them did not come back. We need to know how to use social media in the new world as our marketing and our advertising because our old ways aren't working. And so I had so much fun teaching that class because I was able to like go in and say, okay, my mom and I were like brainstorming. I'm like, tell me what you did in the eighties and nineties and early two thousands. Cause these are all stylists. I think their youngest stylist at the salon is like, um, 52. So they have been successful in, in the industry for so long to have to start over is like overwhelming to them. And so she said, well, we did handwritten thank you cards every single time somebody came in. And so I had, a like, the old way of doing things. And then the new way, you know, like someone came in, you DM them their picture, you say, thanks so much. Um, here's your bounce back. Uh, they have like a referral program. I I mean, I did this when I started in 2012, I would hand out my business cards and it was like $5 off if your friend came in and then, you know, you'd keep them in a little stack and I showed them how to do that on social media. And so I think the thing that is so different about my class is that I really tailor it to like whoever I'm teaching to. And I was laughing because it's a 90 minute class, which I could talk social media for 90 hours. You know what I mean? Like there's so much information. You can't like learn it all. But this class, I like put together their PowerPoint, their specific custom PowerPoint. And it was 57 slides. And I thought, well, (laughs) I can't do like a minute and a half per slide. There's no way. Like I'm going to be like, (laughs) so I like edited it down, edited it down. And I got it to like 25 slides and we still went two hours because they had so many questions throughout. And then I heard back from them, like, this is such good information. Um, And then I usually book them like six weeks later. So we'll do the second round. So my social media class is a little different because I like so customize it to like who I'm teaching. The class I'm teaching next week is the, it's four incredible artists who have won all the big things. They've won Naha, they've won Color Zoom, they've won all this and they don't have a social media presence. And to be honest, the entire reason they want to take my class is because they want the respect and the clout in the industry that they deserve. And it's going to be such a fun class to teach to them because they already have all the skills. They already have everything that they need to have the content. They just don't know how to put it together. So it just depends on who I'm teaching, what the class is about. And that's, what's really cool about it is like, it's like I said earlier, when you teach, you learn. And so I'm really having to think through, okay, why am I, 
tell me what I know I've been doing this and it's been working, but why is it working? And to be able to sit down and like actually verbalize that with a class of people. And this class is going to be so intimate because there's literally four people and me, we will have five zoom screens up and we're going to be talking. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. First off, I like, I think it's very cool at the other salon, how like you, you just, you, you took all the old school stuff that, that that's tried and true. And you just said, okay, but here, here's how we're going to adapt it to the new platforms. Mm-hmm. That's like, that's kind of genius in itself. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, like here's, what do you think about, what do you think about, um, you see those little, like, uh, those, those new, like tap business cards and stuff. Have you seen those? No. Tell me what they are. I don't even know. So it's like, it's either a business card or you could actually put a disc right on your phone. And then, you know, somebody just shoots it with their camera and it brings up all your Instagram portfolio. So like you're- Okay, that's cool. I'm behind on that. I didn't know about that. <laughs> well, there you go. I, I don't even know. That's that really cool. Kind of so it, but... my only thing is you don't have to hand someone a physical card. No. So you would like, you could do it on a card or you could just, you know, think of it as like those little barcodes, those little square barcodes. Uh, it's kind of like, like that. And then somebody, you know, you just take a picture of it with your phone and then oh, all, a QR reader. Like a little yeah, QR reader. that's really yeah, cool. Phone, you know, now your phones have the QR reader. You don't even need mm-hmm. a separate app. Yep. So, um, so then, yeah, then you click on that and then it just pulls up like, you know, like if you had a TikTok mm-hmm. an Instagram a Facebook, uh, a YouTube or whatever, it pulls up all your, your, your contact type stuff. Yeah. That's so cool. I think too, like if we ever get, to go back to hair shows again. I mean, in 2019, I literally didn't hand out any cards anymore. I never even took cards to hair shows because nobody asked for them. The very first thing every single person asked for is what's your Instagram. Yeah. And so I literally would pull up their Instagram, pull up mine and we'd follow each other. And then that's where you connect. So I do feel like, and that's one of the things I was trying to explain to the salon. Um, and I loved it. They said that they, I said, well, how far do you want your reach to be? Like, where, where do you guys see this going? And the owner who is a super successful owner, I mean, they've got like 47 stylists at this salon, Wow. um, said we are a neighborhood salon. We service our neighborhood. We don't want to go beyond our neighborhood, but we just want to get our neighborhood back. And so like with things like that, I feel like it's such a new world because they, they were still taking like business cards and trying to hand them to people, which, I mean, I don't even carry a wallet. I literally just have my phone. (laughs) Where am I going to put a business card? I'm going to throw it in the trash, to be honest. Like, I'm not going to keep a business card or if you hand me a business card, I might take a picture of it. Like that's the new thing that we do, which is kind of crazy. Yeah. You just have a picture and then you're like, okay, here's your business card back. I don't need it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so no, I think that's genius. I'm gonna look that up after we get off of here and sign up for it right away. <laughs> yeah. That, that, so they have the car, but then again, like I said, you know, kind of like what are those pop things that people you have on their phones? Like a pop socket. Like a pop socket. Yeah, but it had the QR on there, so you just oh, click that. Cool. You know, so it's always so it's kind of always on. You don't even need the card, which is absolutely genius. All right, Sid. So you know, listen. How can people find you? How can people locate you? Where is yeah, Sid to be so, seen? I'm like, you can find me right now mostly on Instagram. At at Sydney Ann Lopez hair. Um, it's Sydney, just like Australia, S Y D N E Y and A N N. And then Lopez L O P E Z hair H A I R. Um, I also am in the process of streamlining all of my, um, different social channels. So if you look at me on TikTok, it's the same at Sydney Ann Lopez hair. Um, I actually have a YouTube coming out. <laughs> Don't tell anyone. <laughs> it's not out yet, but it's going to be amazing. Um, it's at Sydney and Lopez hair. I'm actually waiting. I don't know like what the rule of thumb is, but for my brain, I'm waiting to at least have like 40 videos fully edited and ready to roll. Um, so I can post those. And then I am not on Twitter because I do not understand it. I am. That is like 
uh, an area that I did not make it into. <laughs> and then I'm redoing my website as well, which will also be um, at sydneyannlopezhair.com. So all of the things, but right now, check me out on um, Instagram. If you just want to break in your day, it's very happy, very colorful. Um, and I, I do a lot of, um, I have to throw this in there because if you guys need to smile, my new favorite hashtag is Maxwell's mane. And that's my little baby. Um, I put colorful wigs on her and it will make your day so happy. That's amazing. <laughs> that's so cool. Hey, Sydney. So if, if I wanted to take a social media class or something, is it just best to, uh, to, to get in your DMS? Yeah. DM me. Um, as, as you guys know, when you were messaging me this morning, the quickest way to get a hold of someone on Instagram is through Instagram. So yeah, send me a DM. Um, um, and if you don't, I mean, I'm usually really good about hearing back. If you don't hear back within a day, send it again. Cause somehow it got buried and I missed it. <laughs> awesome. 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 Thank awesome. you so much. We really, really appreciate you. Yeah. Said we, we, we likes you. Um, <laughs> Actually, I'd like to bring you back to, to actually, if you're open to like, maybe just, just do like a super specialized uh, social media um, um, podcast, but we'll talk about that um, when we get off air. Miss Sydney Ann Lopez, thank you very, very much for joining us on your day off. Hey, hey, so there it is. Hey, this is a message that um, we've been trying to bring, I don't know, for the last couple of months, actually since we started the podcast. Hey, so if you like the podcast or if you find that it's useful, please, please, please leave us a review, a five-star review on iTunes. Um, leave us a rating and a review. But if you don't like it, forget about it. <laughs> yeah, totally forget about this message. We also want to thank Sarah and Blaine from Pretty Gritty. Uh, Sarah and Blaine, they are a band out of uh, Portland, Oregon, and we just want to thank them very much for allowing us to use their song, Pleased to Meet You, on our podcast. Um, that's cool. I think you can find, actually you can, you can find their music on, um, on iTunes. Peace and hair grease. <laughs>